0: To episode 50, Right, well, we do a young celebration, but anyway, yeah, 50 episodes and that, they got me, but um, yeah, big shout out to when you listened to the previous episode. for those that haven't, the UK versus Russia have been trading words, trading actions slash mini sanctions on each other due to what happened in, Sal- in Salisbury on like the 3rd of March, 4th of March, sorry, where a former Russian spy who was in the UK with his daughter, were um, infected with a nerve agent and that's caused a war of words because obviously the Russians and them are trying to kill kill man because they see him as a snitch on British soil so that's caused a war of words so something interesting to look into so it's like 27 minutes and I was laughing and joking even though it's not really funny but it was a lighthearted podcast so check that out I made it pretty easy to follow and in a similar vein keeping up with the international jihad season I want to be discussing trade war season for those that do not what trade is, well, you should know what trade is. It's just an ex exche- just a um, form of exchange. Back in the days, um, when I was younger, or long, long, long time ago, we used to trade Pokemon cards. And as a Nigerian, up until <laughs> um, aunties and that was spreading that yeah, they're pocket monsters being Christian and that, my mom was like, yeah, no more Pokemon. So I might have had to trade them on the low. Like I was moving, like I was moving. Actually, I shouldn't even go there. But yeah, we used to trade football cards is it pogs or pods or some, something like that um a couple of my wanted that yugioh thing i was by then i was like no nah, i'm an adult well i wasn't an adult but like i'm a big man for Oh. Man's just interested in football but yeah let's talk about trade why do countries trade well if countries don't trade let me give you an example if there wasn't a thing called trade where we um exchange goods and services with different countries whether freely or at a premium The UK does not produce enough food to feed itself. People will starve. It all depends on your country's natural natural resources. Like, if you look at the natural resources of, like, Congo and Nigeria, they could be easily one of the richest countries in the world. Obviously, it's about how it's refined. So, trade is a very, very important um, component in the world economy. So, there's a thing called comparative advantage. Comparative advantage is where... Let's say we take two countries, yeah? We're taking dysonomics Land and I don't even know... Bolasol Land. Shout out Bolasol, He's got a show in April. I'll link that into my description. Make sure you check that out. So Bollas got Country, I got Country, yeah? Let's say we both are producing luxury do-rags, yeah? That's our main produce, yeah? But in my country, I could produce it way more efficiently. Like... We, we've got the materials, we've got the machinery, we've got the know-how where I could produce 100,000 units of luxury do-rags at 50 pence per unit, but Bola, if Bola produces at 100,000 units, it costs her 5 pence a unit. I've got the comparative advantage there. However, in Bola's, in Bola's country, she could produce luxury wig units. She could produce 100,000 for 50p, and I produce 100,000 for £4.50. So it makes sense for us to trade with each other, because my uh, the um, the people in my country can receive good quality wigs for a cheaper price, and in exchange, her country can receive good quality durags <laughs> for a cheaper price. You see, what I'm saying quite a really silly example, but that's the, the essence of a comparative advantage. So obviously, different countries have comparative advantage in producing different things. Like um, for example, Nigeria, we're a big oil producer, so that's that's our advantage. China's got advantage in textiles. That's why they flood the European and Western world markets. So a comparative advantage. I'm going to list a few definitions so you kind of understand as I talk about the issue at hand this week. What's free trade? I'm sure many of you have heard of free trade, free trade chocolate, all them things there. Free trade is essentially a policy to eliminate discrimination against imports and exports. Imports are the goods and services that come into your country. So we're in the UK. Well, most of us, most of the listeners are in the UK. Some will use us. We import. So when you're ordering stuff from AliExpress that's an import and when maybe your you or your friends or family or your company that you work for or own send stuff let's say to Poland or Nigeria or United Arab Emirates that's an export so f- free trade a policy to eliminate discrimination against imports and exports governments don't apply tariffs quotas and subsidies these are things that can impact trade which I'll explain which each one is What's a tariff? Tariff is a tax imposed on importing goods and services. So, when we're importing, let's say, you're getting something from China, you don't get it, the Chinese exporters, they don't, it doesn't come into the UK at the price that it's set at. There's a tax on top. So, let's say it's 7% and it's a a good, that's worth £50 when you convert it from the Chinese currency to ours. You times that by... 0.1.07 0.1.07 to add that tax on top. So, this is to kind of limit the amount that comes into our country and make the goods a bit more expensive so the people who are producing the same goods and services in our country can compete. That's a tariff. A quota. I'm sure many of you have heard the word quota before. And that's simply when the government imposes a trade restriction that limits the quantity of monch The quantity, so the total amount, so let's say it's... um Sorry, it's back to the, the previous uh, mini uh, case study. In my country, I'm limiting the amount of um, luxury wig units from Boller's Country. I'm only saying we're only allowing 50,000 because we got some people who make that and I want to keep um, our businesses operating because they also provide jobs and I don't want people to get rid of me in my next election. So you wholly import... 50,000 of those, export 50,000 of those into my country. Or you could limit it on a monetary value, and and there's there's going to be an example of this later on, where you say, okay, cool, only up to 50 billion worth of luxury wigs to enter my country. Anything more? Nah. And this is usually during a particular period, let's say for 40, for four months, uh, two financial quarters, five years, whatever. And a subsidy, a subsidy is where a government... Basically, purchase, I'm really big dumb it down, Basically, purchases units to kind of give the business some extra money and guarantee um, sales. So, let's say you're producing butter, the government will say, "Cool, we'll buy, we'll guarantee, we'll buy hundred kilos worth of butter, just to kind of prop up that industry." So that's a subsidy. So free trade, you eliminate that, you eliminate subsidies, tariffs, quotas, essentially. Speaking of free trade, they usually come within trade blocks, also known as free trade areas it's basically a region which a group of countries or maybe not even a region just like a, a assortment a collection of countries sign a free trade agreement with little or no price control so we're like yeah listen you could import freely or just a, a little tiny tiny um, percentage on top and so there's no tariffs and no quotas examples of this is NAFTA which is in North America the EU which we all know about and OPEC OPEC is like with regards to or countries like Venezuela, Nigeria um, Saudi Arabia etc just a free trade area and finally the final definition I'm really sorry for this I just want to get this all out the way so you know these definitions so when you see it on the news and stuff like that you are aware and when I'm mentioning it later in what's going on you're also aware the final one which is very key to today's topic is protectionism which really does what it says in the tin these are policies or actions taken up by governments to restrict international trade so governments will impose some of the things we I mentioned, quotas, tariffs, subsidies to restrict international trade. This is often done to help protect local businesses and jobs from foreign countries. Brexit means Brexit. British jobs for British people. That type of you know that type of rhetoric. That's what it's about. So, now we've got red now we've got through the mumbo jumbo. Let's get into trade war season. What is a trade war? Again, it does what it says on the tin. Countries letting the tingle letting the go in each other with taxes and quotas so it's just trade beef essentially so okay cool You rose the tariffs on on on, on my mandem all right cool guess what you think you and your durag company are gonna come import in freely into my country no rude boy we're gonna up the price we're gonna up the tariffs we're gonna even put a quota and you can hold that And then that's how the war gets popping because obviously you'll need to protect the best interests of your people as well as your economy and obviously jobs and all that type of stuff there. Trade wars are quite funny. They're very petty. And it kind of reminds me of like, it's like a tit for tat nature. And it kind of reminds me, do you know when you see like love interests indirect to each other on social media? So like somebody put a meme like when somebody shows you your true colours, believe them and then the other person reacts by retweeting a tweet from 2016 these times is uh, March 2018, so they like certain people are toxic for you, and they retweet that and then you know just those young shades there that's kind of what um um what's it called trade wars are, hella petty back and forth, win at all cost type of thing what's wrong with trade wars? Well they can hurt the nation's economy and cause tensions politically if you're like, if me and you are going back and forth with our countries with terrorists and quotas and stuff, that's going to create tension between us. And the example is really of what's going on in right now, literally as we speak, between Trump and the United States and China. Trump is active. He's out there talking, hella smack, mad confident on Twitter. Obviously, the Chinese are retaliating. He's saying it's easy. We've got a trade deficit. That's all right. We'll stop trading with you. Deficit gone. Boom. We win big. That's what my man's saying. Trade. United States has a massive trade deficit with China, so that means in terms of inter- when they trade with each other, China's the big winner. The deficit is three hundred seventy-five billion dollars. So that's a that's a, that's a big amount. So how this all kicked off? Yeah, were last year. Trump asked for investigation into Chinese policies, he said you man, I think this is around August 2017, you man go see what them man are on, like bring the results to me, they came to a conclusion which many economists have been screaming for a long time, that there's unfair practices coming out of China and they're also um, they're also conducting and supporting cyber attacks on the US so that's obviously a big no no Trump said okay cool here what about 1000 products Gonna slap a tariff of 25%. Think about that. That is wild. I think when I, when I was looking at the tariffs for the EU for non EU imports, I think it's uh, looking at regions like China, just like last year, I really should have updated it, but sorry, it's looking at around 6%. Yeah? Trump's talking about 25% a quarter. So let's say you're importing AliExpress from, um, from I don't know, from. Um, China or wherever I don't, I don't even know where AliExpress is even from. So let's say you're importing textiles from China. You want to get a hundred pounds worth of whatever textile it is. Yeah, the hundred dollars worth of whatever textiles it is. As a consumer in the United States, that hundred dollars is um, that price is now going to be at least one one hundred twenty-five. That's a massive increase, and that's very very detrimental to Chinese exporters because you're basic that's increasing the price on a mad one, and that's going to make them less competitive in the United States market. Which is what, what Trump wants because he wants not only to stick it to the Chinese. He wants the businesses in the UK and the US to be able to compete with the Chinese. And obviously, this is not good for Chinese business because obviously, the more that the more expensive your goods, and your exports are, the less desirable they are. The less desirable you are, the less sales you are. The less sales they make, the less sales they make, the less revenue they make. Less revenue they make, the less likely for profits. And that's good, and that's bad because that could lead to potential job losses. That's in the worst case scenario. Not, it's not even just in terms of like um, commerce they're trying to limit Chinese investment and if you, anybody knows anything about the Chinese they're out here they're polluting Africa they're in Nigeria investing the hell out of shit-ish they really were trying to take over the world so he's trying they're trying to limit the investment they're really out here backing the beef what people don't know is that China really low-key started the beef do you know when do you know when like this happened to me one time. A man was looking one way and threw his elbow into my ribcage, pretending that, like, oh, man, oh, man didn't know that. Man didn't, man didn't mean that. That's kind of what China did. They really started to beef on the low. What they've been doing is they've been forcing US businesses to transfer valuable tech to Chinese firms. So imagine you're trying to just operate in a market and they're forcing you to give away your intellectual property just to operate in a market. And they even restrict access to the markets. This is just undermining the whole trading system. This is a violation of intellectual property. and I know my law students know what I'm talking about as in intellectual property. that's a topic for another day. There's a thing called the WTO, that's the World Trade Organization and they can't even control the mandate like China is moving wicked and it's because it's hard to build cases against China. Why? Because the foreign country the foreign companies that are being affected by this, they don't really want to complain because they're too shook. They don't want, to re- they don't want no smoke. They ain't trying to retaliate. Cause they, they ain't trying to get fear of retaliation. Do you know the ones when some people at school are getting bullied and they really they want to snitch, but they know if they snitch, my man's going to dip my head in the toilet, give me wedges, sl- yak my dinner money, and slap me from Monday to Friday. I have a weekend break and it's back to the usual schedule. I'm on that. Let me just hold this young little pinch here and there. That's kind of like, what's going on? what Trump is hitting them with Trump's pamming them with steel and aluminium tariffs and to be fair t- to the US this is not just direct at China it also hits allies in Western Europe as well as Drake's man them the Canadians and it's not like it's a measure that's not being backed by other um, nations the president the re- the newest president of France Macron he's called for united EU policy against Chinese corporate takeovers anyway because China out here move a wicket in the market so on Friday, Trump and them, they initiated a case at uh, the, World, the WTO anyway, complaining, saying China treats foreign um, companies that license tech to Chinese um, comp- um, to Chinese markets unfairly. So if you're actually, so let's say you're accounting company um you develop accounting technology, and you're licensing your technology for Chinese businesses to use for their uh, accounting software, they move mad. They move mad, and just obviously, to most people, that's unfair. And also they use contracts to discriminate against foreign tech, so they're not really operating in an ethical manner. Trump says he's going to impose tariffs of up to 60 billion on Chinese goods because they've been out here yakking intellectual property. This made the markets, financial markets, go higgy haka as expected. So the reaction is, like, um, I think it was like the Chinese commerce minister or something like that. Um, he was like, listen, obviously, wars is not really well not obviously ideally but don't ever get it twisted we are born ready we are war ready the thing's local we got <laughs> it's got a hell of bullets we're ready anytime anywhere if you really want to do this we can pull up that's what i'm trying to say and mr mr lu who is um the chinese president top economic advisor said that china will defend its interests but it hopes uh find a conclusion which is a bit more diplomatic approach so what can the chinese man them do in return well they can snitch to the wto which they already have they they said they'll work with other members to defend itself. in date in retaliation they can limit us beef imports which is quite ironic beef <laughs> um they signed a deal like i think it was in last year like around may or april one of they now now resume US beef exports to China after 14 years of of wahala. What they can do in return, excuse me, you start moving mad. What's moving mad? I know the women know what moving mad is, but that's when you're just behaving really, really irrationally and annoyingly and just really, really jarring. So China could do that in return. So how are they do that? They could be basically imposing the wildest and wildest health and regulation policies to make life very very hard for the US um, beef exporters which is a way to retaliate also what the Chinese can do is say listen tell our customers you know how China could move a bit mad and kind of almost dictate what um, their civilians do they can tell our um, customers we're not buying US cars and that could potentially hurt the U.S. is because in terms of um, export markets, um, China is one of the top five markets for U.S. cars. So one of the top five markets for U.S. cars is like, mm, nah, we're not really interested to a certain degree. All it takes is a five, 10% um, percentage change up to have a massive impact on the U.S. car industry. And China is, one, is the biggest market for cars. Like They have the biggest demand for cars for obvious reasons. They have the most human beings. And it's continued to skyrocket. Another thing they could do is sell U.S. Treasuries, sell U.S. bonds. Bonds are a form of um, a form of debt that governments issue. Like it's like basically a glorified IOU. And obviously, um, institutions and investors like bonds because they give you that that bit more security. China have one trillion dollars worth of U.S. bonds, which is basically they have one trillion worth of U.S. debt, and they can essentially just get rid of them obviously, that will be a bit peak in the markets, but realistically, these bonds will be picked up by other countries. They could also tell the man, listen, no more flights, we're not travelling to the US anymore. China are the largest outbound tourist market. Again, for obvious reasons, they're the largest country in terms of population. So that can impact the US tourism industry. What they have done, what they actually have done, is threaten US agriculture and industrial products in terms of yeah we're gonna we'll slap tariffs on you man as well so this ranges from pork to cut to cotton to airplane and as to cars as i've mentioned previously they could also if they're really being a bit cheeky is tax u.s tech tech companies for example they could target apple and if they slap a tariff on apple mm-hmm. what's going to happen is is going to be more expensive for apple to produce their goods and um, their products and that might mean more expensive items for us Right now, I think the iPhone X is like a bag, a bag one, like £1,140. Imagine the next iPhone, due to I don't know, one, two, two times, they say, yeah, free racks. Like, I can't go buy a car, yeah, I beg. So those are just a few measures that the Chinese can undergo, and they've already said that they're with all the smoke. All of it. 100% all of it. They are down to rise. Similar to Russia, they are on smoke. Anyway, so let's talk about as I like to always do at the end of the podcast, be a bit more evaluative. How does it affect people? How does it affect consumers and stuff like that? A global trade war could hurt us because these companies that are operating in a now more difficult environment because of tariffs, quotas and whatnot, this is going to hamper how they operate and it's going to increase their costing. And when it increases their costing, as I say, always, companies work on a very simple formula. The revenues, so the money they bring in, minus cost, the monies they spend, equals profit they want to maximize that profit and if one of the if revenue goes down or cost goes up that eats into that profit so in this instance revenue is likely to go down cost can like also go up that's going to eat into the profit what's going to happen they're going to pass on that onto the consumer because they're not trying to see their profits being eaten into or eventually even turn into losses so that could um, result in more costly produce for us the consumers which will be very irritating Consumers naturally pay higher prices for goods when there's when they are tariffs. Think about it. Let's say we're in the UK and we're importing stuff. If there's an increase in tariffs, because bear, bear in mind we're we're not a, we're not a we're not big on the manufacturing side in terms of um, creating goods to export. We're a service-based industry, like we've got the, arguably the biggest, the best financial services in the world, professional services from. Um, um, legal to real estate, whatever. We've got all types of services. We're a service based industry. We're not like China who've got hella factories producing the mad thing That's not us. So we are always going to, we going to, we import more than we export. We have a balance of payments deficit. We import more than we export, which will be discussed in other podcasts. So if we're getting hit with tariffs, and a lot of the things that we just look around you all the products see where's made by made by China made in Pakistan made in Italy made in here Do you see what I'm saying all our goods and services that we use if a lot of them are all the goods that we use if a lot of them are come from abroad then we get slapped to tariffs that's going to raise the price and, we, and this is not listeners and subscribers know I'm always banging on about how the cost of living is always going up so this is this, these are measures that can potentially be damaging for us as people in terms of the people involved in the trade war jihad it could be damaging for the U.S. consumers because China was the third biggest market for U.S. exports in 2016. The third biggest. So if the Chinese are slapping hell of tariffs on top, that's making the U.S. goods and coming into um, to the Chinese markets even more expensive, less competitive, and that would be bad for U.S. businesses. However, some analysts believe that this exchange can help both nations. So it will be interesting to see how it pans out. So yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to episode 51 of Podcast. A big shout out for those who ride with me For my previous 50. Like this year, started to pick up a bit in terms of subscribers. So thank you for those who recommend it to your friends who tweet about it. If you listen to the podcast, even if you have one comment or just think it's good and you have Twitter, just hashtag Dissinomics and say it. I, wanna, I just want to see my hashtag about it. I can't lie. This is a bit of a vanity thing. But obviously, it's probably good for marketing and them things there. But yeah, do all of that hashtag stuff that'd be quite cool um tell a friend to tell a friend what to hate Ada, let people know about my podcast they might find it interesting or might not You you listen on, uh, on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes please subscribe please download because that boosts my stats and it was easier for you because if you're on a train you can listen to it and all that type of stuff and Apple Podcast is quite a good app because on that like, sound, you if close it. app to where you last listened to. In fact, even rise a couple seconds to lead up to the point that you were at, which is quite good technology. So yeah, also you can uh, give me a five star rating or whatever rating you want to give me, but preferably five stars. don't be a pagan. Let me up. So just type in Dysonomics on Apple Podcasts and give them a review. And yeah, if you listen on SoundCloud, please follow so it comes straight to your feed. Retweet the post on on CyberCloud so people who follow you can see it. And yeah, to spread the word and all them things there, um, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, what do I have to say? Oh yeah, in coming weeks I'm gonna try to get back on my guest thing. Obviously, unfortunately, we're busy. Everybody's unfortunately we're all slaving away just to make change. But hopefully, I've got quite a lot of good guests coming up to explore different topics. And if there's anything you want me to discuss, I'm open to topics. Just hit me up. Thank you. And- Podcast Network.